May I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today in our narratives from the Old and New Testament, we hear some important things about what it means to follow God. We hear it a bit in the Second Kings passage in the background. There is a company, or more pragmatically, a school of prophets, learners of and keepers of the faith. And front and center, we see following for Elisha and Elijah. Both are following God, and Elisha is seeking to follow in Elijah's footsteps. Elijah is at the end of a ministry that has been dangerous and difficult. He is with relief, welcoming his leave-taking, and Elisha wants to follow in his steps vocationally. Both are seeking to protect Israel from the growing aggressive and violent idolatry in the land as they cultivate allegiance to the one true God. Jesus is also preparing for the end of his earthly ministry. He has set his face toward Jerusalem. His ministry, too, has been dangerous and difficult. The Luke passage sounds a little more ragtag compared to the drama in 2 Kings. Jesus has begun traveling and is being accompanied by all kinds of people. In the Gospel of Luke, this journey to Jerusalem takes nine chapters. There are committed disciples, curious watchers, seekers for healing, women, children. I imagine a bit of frenzy, animals, a great crowd. For some reason, it seems like a traveling circus to me, though I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. Simply a chaotic traveling band of people. The word follow is a repetitive word in our gospel reading. When we hear the word follow now in our culture, we may simply think of clicking the follow button on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. This approach to following is mostly anonymous and demands nothing from us. But the word follow for them and for us in its meaning implies allegiance, joining a group, a side, not being anonymous, accompanying along the way. It infers great commitment. And following is hard. It is so hard, in fact, that Elijah tells Elisha to leave him, leave this vocation as they travel. Stop following me. But Elisha refuses. Elisha has seen and experienced and knows how hard and dangerous it is to follow God and call others to practice their faith. And Elijah, because of his experience, does not want Elisha to have to go through what he has been through. That says a lot. It tells us there is a weighing of things as we consider following God. In following God, we see with Elijah and Elisha, there is love for God and one another and a sense of passing on the faith. They've been together about seven or eight years in deep friendship, deep faith commitment, and a deep sense of security with one another and God. There is a clarity of continuity of relationship and the faith for them. Elisha knows Elijah is leaving, and he is not afraid or insecure about losing his friend and mentor. The pressing issue for Elisha is ministry, following in Elijah's footsteps. 
In our gospel reading, there is teaching on following that sounds hard, too. We hear three rounds of conversation in this traveling circus with Jesus. We are informed about the crowd and chaos happening through the lack of identity of those in conversation with Jesus. Someone speaks. Jesus speaks to another. Another speaks up. I will follow you anywhere. I will follow, but let me bury the dead first. I will follow, but let me just say goodbye first. At first glance, this passage sounds harsh. Jesus appears to be describing following God as a grim thing and a rejection of those we love. Who wants to do that? Well, nobody. And that's okay because that is not what is happening here. In this context, Jesus is doing something important and letting people be a part of his journey. We must always remember that Jesus is both Savior and model for living. He began modeling for those present about how to follow before the conversation started. Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. This idiom conveys Jesus' determination, stern resolution. He is going to Jerusalem to fulfill his purpose, to be betrayed, to suffer, to die, to be resurrected from the dead. Jesus is modeling following during the ultimate hard thing. Jesus is welcoming the cross for the sake of the whole world. He sets his face, cannot and will not move away from this purpose. Jesus is showing us how to follow, and though in real time they do not understand it yet, he is also revealing that following is really hard, harder than it was for Elijah and Elisha. It is into this context these three interactions happen, people curious, hesitant, and bargaining their followership of God. I think we can all relate to those categories. Jesus is simply and pointedly saying, this is not a negotiation. Following is following. Jesus is saying there is urgency to following God. This one passage does not communicate everything about following God, but here we encounter cost and commitment. Another important thing we see about following happens earlier in the passage. As Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, he chooses the most direct route through Samaria. Samaritans and Jews did not get along, and we hear of this as the disciples are rejected by them as they are seeking to prepare things for Jesus. In response to this rejection, James and John want to wield some power. Kill them. Call fire down from heaven. Remember, Elijah did this more than once. But Jesus rebukes them. As we follow God, there is no room for retaliation in the kingdom of God. There is to be no abuse of power. Following God is beautiful and loving and takes place in authentic and intimate relationship with others. And it is hard. It may mean being rejected or misunderstood. It may mean we need to make decisions to demonstrate our allegiance to God that cost us personally. It is the design for this Christian faith. We are followers of God when we are Christians. It is not open to negotiation. In a moment, we will witness a baptism. 
a little hill. She's so beautiful. This sacrament is beautiful, miraculous, and gracious, and the beginning of a commitment to follow God. And having looked at these passages in a fresh way, we see the weight of what that means. In the Episcopal Church, we call baptism the rite of initiation into the family of God. Beautiful stuff of babies and water, but very serious stuff. It's a bit of an Elisha moment. Count the cost. Stay. Make commitment and go out for God's glory. Because following is so hard, we need help. And God and God's great extravagance toward us supplies help, new life, indwelling by God's Holy Spirit that we might be empowered, directed. This help comes freely in the asking, and it begins for us in baptism. This blessed and holy water touching us brings us new life, a miracle, and we are sealed with God's indwelling spirit. It is a beautiful and amazing thing and necessary because we are so limited and need so much help to live this Christian life. May witnessing the sacrament renew us and remind us of our own faith commitments. And may this snapshot of following in today's reading help us set our face toward what God is calling us to do individually and corporately for God's kingdom and glory. Amen.